This episode of the Horse Feed UK has been brought to you by the Equestrian Business Awards. Nominations are now open and you can check out all the categories at the website, theequestrianbusinessawards.co.uk. Show your farrier, retailer, instructor and many more some love by nominating them for free for these brilliant awards. Check it out today at theequestrianbusinessawards.co.uk. Hi guys, welcome back to episode 26 of the Horse Feed UK podcast. Can you believe that it's been 12 months since we first started the show? We just wanted to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you to every single one of our guests, rad reviewers, shout outs and people that have just generally given us the love and support over the past year. We really do appreciate it and as we've always said, without you guys this show would not be possible. Don't forget to join us for season two and of course head over to thehorsefeeduk.co.uk to keep up to date and check out all our show guests. We hope as always that you enjoy this show and if you've got any suggestions you only have to send us a message. Follow us on Instagram at thehorsefeeduk.co.uk. Hi Amy, how are you? Hi, I'm good, are you? I'm good, it's our birthday today pal. Nearly, yeah. And we had a cake. We did have a cake. It was a really good cake too. I know, I know. It was nice. It wasn't. It wasn't an arranged cake for the birthday celebration, was it? But yeah, I know we're not. Cake's quite always on... appreciated. Yes, no, a cake's always appreciated. Look at the ad. We're not quite on the exact year date, but I think fifty-two weeks in a year. So episode twenty-six, an episode at a fortnight. That's where my reckoning's coming from, anyway. Yeah, I think we've had a few specials along the way, though, haven't we? We have, but they've not been included as an episode number. They've been put in as a special. Well, I can't count very well anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so no, it's been nice. It's been it's been a fun year for the podcast, although a difficult year, I think, in general for anybody yeah. sort of riding. But I think it's sort of it's rounded off quite nicely because we're chatting to um, Project Equine. Um, it's all about mindset and sort of, you know, coaching Get and going. goals and stuff like that. And Cheryl's also come on, one of our BAs, Cheryl. She's um, given British Dressage a try and been working towards her goals this past year as well. And about being productive even when things are a bit difficult. So, no, it's nice. Yeah, which is, I think, something we've all had to do this year. Find yes. a new way to cope. Yeah. The podcast has helped me cope. I think I'd have gone crazy without all these people to chat to. Yeah, because we know you're the most sociable of the two of us. <laughs> I managed to just carry on and make the most of it and get the girls ready. But you like to talk to people. <laughs> I love it. You know, I love it. It has. It's it's been it's been enjoyable for me, definitely. Um, I think maybe when things go back to normal, we'll go to monthly because um, we've got Big Sam coming home, haven't we? Yeah, been away for a year. That's my big horse, so I'll be I'll be bogged down with two, and um, yeah things are a bit more back on track and I think we're all a little bit busy in summer starting. show season starting exactly that yeah so um I'll have to get it and groom even though Amy's like third choice um to groom I'm sure yeah, she's I'm still third, to be quite honest with you <laughs> oh oh right I remember that when you want me to come somewhere with you um You're coming with me on Monday where are we going on Monday next Monday you said I want to come to that one where are we going 
house, aren't we? A week on Monday. Easter Where are we Monday. going? Thompson House. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it's just one class though, isn't it? Yes, it's one class. Don't you worry. <laughs> I won't keep you there all day. And no, sorry, there isn't a Greg's, but yes, there is a cafe. I'm happy. You know I'm happy as long as there's a cafe. I'll never take you anywhere without at least a bloody van. No, please don't. It's torturous otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this so, is why Sam doesn't show. <laughs> so, what do you know, Amy? Come on for our birthday episode. What? Good okay, so that? we'll start with the the news that got me very excited. Oh, Hoys, I've announced all the showing qualifiers. Oh, excited! I know. So, because obviously, I think there's been a few events that would have normally had them that have cancelled, and a few have rearranged dates and this, that, and the other. So, there's been a lot of changes to normally, like they're out beginning of January. Yeah. Whereas this year, they've only just come out. So I was so excited. So I've been booking them in my diary that you ignore on a regular basis. <laughs> so, yeah, we can get out and about. So I think everyone's starting to feel a little bit more optimistic now with things going ahead and everyone's cramming in the RI qualifiers because they'll be starting as early as next week. Wow. wow. Yeah, we're really getting going. So everyone's going to be clamouring to get back out, which leads me to the next bit. So... Obviously, the sporting and outdoor events can commence. Is it? I can never work out whether it's technically from Tuesday or from tomorrow, the 29th. So, previously, indoor equestrian venues have been classed as outdoor due to the size. I remember it last time. They were shut for a yeah. bit. And then I think we petitioned, didn't we? And they got, yeah, all right, well, we can have them as open. Yeah. And so, on from that, they've always been allowed to open. They've now changed the goalposts. So, a <laughs> lot. Sporting organisations have kind of gone, well, why not? And we are waiting to hear back. But the impact that could potentially have at the beginning of such a... This time in the season, the majority are still hoping to run some stuff indoors. So, yeah. clinics and things like that, it's going to affect them. But hopefully, they shall see sense and we shall be allowed to go back out. Out, out. Fingers crossed. Oh, oh. Fingers crossed. It's not as much fun, especially this early in the season, and with the weather being so questionable, to be stood outdoors watching your friend as it is. I love this. How you try to convince everyone, like your my most avid little supporters, stands at the side of the ring, camera in hand, and runs around after me with a basket. She doesn't. She doesn't. She's nowhere to be seen. I'm usually eating a butty or supping a brew or chatting to people. <laughs> She's off having a brew, chatting to someone, going, oh, have you seen this that I've just bought? And then half an hour later, he goes, so how did you get on? I'm like, all right, thanks. I always because of my faith in your friend, of how well <laughs> I know you're going to do. But honestly, God, if Amy did this to me and left me, I'd be like glaring at her. She wouldn't. I'd be glaring at her. Um, you rescued me the other night up at the farm, didn't you? I did. <laughs> Um, I found um, it was terrible. It was awful. I was traumatized. Um, I was mucking out the stable and I looked and I thought it was like a bit of poo on my banking. And I went over to it. It wasn't. It was a dead mouse or a rat. Mouse. It was a rat, but it was it was a small rat, a very small rat. It was just so unexpected, and I was like, ah! I couldn't cope. She did as well. Amy Stavell's like not even in view of mine, but she heard and like the good friend she is, she came. I won't say running round. I thought, no, because you told me what it was. I, when you first came round the corner screaming my name like a little banshee, <laughs> I did think 
something really bad had happened, but I'd not heard a bang or a clatter, so I figured none of the horses were stuck. So I was like, what do you want? You ready? What? <laughs> and it, that the screaming was furry dead thing. Yeah, I, I can't cope. It weren't that. I literally... It wasn't, it wasn't, but it was just that it was there. And honestly, thank you. I don't know what I'd have done if you hadn't been there because I was like, please, we just take it away on the on the super <laughs> scoop and put it on the mucky and cover it up so that I can't it. see it. Don't come anywhere near me with it. And I'm there peering at it, prodding it, going, it's definitely dead. Listen, it's rock solid. <laughs> and she's shoveling it around in the scoop. I don't know what happened, but no. Um, you're a very good friend, so I will, I'll put my supportive hat on for Monday, Bank Holiday Monday. When we're when we're out and about and yeah yeah you're winning your class I can't you know, one day we might upgrade to Matt Reader but I very much doubt that oh don't trust me with oh. Matt Reader we'll never get there friend. we won't I'd even put in the postcode in my phone for the sat nav and my battery would die or I'd put a digit wrong no and you're such a good driver again you're a victim of your own success. <laughs> That's what I we go to events or go to shows or go somewhere and we rock up and she literally looks up my phone and goes oh are we here how did we get here and then trundles along and then we drive back and she will come off the motorway the same motorway she goes on near enough every other day and then goes oh this is where we are and, and I'm always amazed and astounded by it. She never uses the sat nav, very rare, and yet she just finds a way back. She's like a little homing pigeon, is Amy. So and if I'm you ever kidnap me, you know, I'm boomerang back. <laughs> <laughs> and mum and dad have been trying to get rid of her, they keep dropping off. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day I'll just live in the, the van. <laughs> right, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, I can do you a little review if you want. All right, come on then. What's so, the so I went shopping yesterday. Oh God! I went. Yes, you did. Oh, we are. We're going to do this because you laughed at me. <laughs> oh God! So, yeah, I did. I did. All right. No, this is a good thing. Okay. This I is agree. a good thing. So, anyone that's like has followed the show will know that I like my ponies to be clean, and Sam's are somewhat less desirable oh, in that. Is it the minging? Both of them are minging, right? And Sam will will spend hours bathing her horse for me to walk around the corner and go, Have you even started yet? <laughs> so I went shopping to Oakfield, who we've mentioned in the past. Numerous times. I think she wants a disco. <laughs> I went to Oakfield because I go quite a lot. And, and I was having a little wander around and I'm picking up my bits, ready for my show basket and everything, and found a new sponge. Now, you might laugh because this sponge was only a tenner. Yeah, you did. You were like, I can't believe you've paid this if you even read a review. So it's it's not even, just, just to interrupt it, it's not even like you look at it and it's like, it's it's a vacuum-packed sponge. Yeah. So it's not, you look at it and all you're getting is a flat plastic pack, like with yeah. what looks like nothing. I looked at the price of £9.50 on the back and I was like, <laughs> really? Have you, review, have you heard a review on this, Amy? Go on. No, no, I hadn't. So it's called The Tiger's Tongue. And it is absolutely amazing. Like, uh, it took me, what, 10 minutes? Because I yeah. shouted you over after you'd laughed at me. To Bath Harmony, who was absolutely minging. She'd had naked rolls that day in the sand paddock <laughs> and I'd not even brushed it off. And she was pristine. The dirt and the grime that came out of that pony in my 10-minute scrub was like, wow and it didn't get all clogged up with all the hair because she is molting a bit on her legs it took all the poo stains off all the nasty saddle 
marks and everything else well impressed so yeah give it a try we'll have to you'll have to take a photo and send it mate and i'll put it in the promo vid because it's one of them it just doesn't stand out it's one of them i wouldn't have even looked but amy's like knows that tax shop like the back of her hand because she's there all the time and <laughs> he's a frequent flyer um so yeah um we'll take a photo and we'll put it in the episode video so yeah definitely and i was impressed equally and um, she's gonna lend it me for cyril um because i watched you it do have to like put it in water well you can use it wet yes. or dry it said but i used it wet obviously as a kind of sponge so you but you do have to actually put like some effort in right you can show me i'm not bathing you. no 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 this is a regular thing i am not bathing your minging horses <sighs> and there was me praising you as a good friend i am a good friend i'm lending you my good sponge it is right okay that's all from me and amy it is thank you very much for listening and for supporting over the last 12 months we really appreciate it don't we we really do it's been a good season you know for that one episode i was meant to help you out with <laughs> you're, you're a great co-host again friend a victim of your own friend and um, if you friend. do see us out and about at a show um, be sure to come and say hi to me. Amy will be too busy riding, but I'm always up for a chat. Yeah, take her away. She stresses me out, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you in season two, won't we? We will. Yeah. Take care. And happy riding, guys. See you all soon. Bye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. I just wondered if you fancied introducing yourself to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm Shireen Timmis. I run Project Equine, which is a small business that, like, the main aim behind my business is to help horse owners communicate more effectively, whether that's through coaching, whether that's improving confidence, or whether that's um, through, like, understanding behaviour better. So, yeah, I do quite a lot of sort of confidence um, and behavioural stuff, um, as well as eventing coaching, which is super fun. Like yeah. to keep it mixed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, fabulous. So, how did you start out? What's your background? Um, basically, I I was adamant I was never going to work with horses. Um, and then I went to uni to do horses. Finished uni, uh, and couldn't find a job I liked, so made my business. Um, and kind of got into it that way. Um, I came to like uh Kelly Marks and intelligent horsemanship and all of that. Um, uh-huh. and then sort of built my business went into race horse racing for a little bit um had a fun time doing that was still doing like sort of private clients on the side um and then decided probably about three years ago now so I've been doing this six years um about three years ago I decided to go back to uni and did a diploma in sports psychology um so now I sort of I focus a lot more on sort of the sports psychology and the equine psychology side of things um mm-hmm. well I do at the moment because I can't really get out to coach but yeah <laughs> that is what it is um so yeah it's got it's been a long and winding journey but <laughs> it is what yeah. it is so we absolutely love what you're doing we, we sort of and we, we follow you quite a bit on Instagram and stuff like that um because yeah you've been doing quite a little bit I think a lot of people have had to go online haven't they sort of necessarily yeah throughout the whole COVID and everything but yeah. I think it's been a double-edged sword in that 
people pay more mind to it literally because you know <laughs> the people that might have been reluctant and stuff like that you know you talk about sports psychology and I think as equestrians were quite slow to adopt anything like oh, that absolutely um, have you found it have you felt that you've seen a change over the last 12 months yeah a huge change um so the psychology kind of side of things is something I've always been interested in um and doing a lot of work with people struggling with confidence um it's mm-hmm. kind of been something that I've always offered in my sessions um yeah. and it's always been something that I've wanted to offer separately as a standalone service because I think it's something that we do need but I never really got around to doing it it was just kind of something that oh I'll do that when I get time kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> um and yeah obviously then lockdown came and I was kind of I was seeing this huge shift I think mainly because it became so much more mainstream to focus on our mental health um, throughout yep. the lockdown. I mean, with the government saying, you know, do exercise to improve your mental health. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of, it just really took a forefront. And then with people in the first lockdown not being able to ride as much, um, I think it sort of gave room for people to start thinking about themselves as riders and athletes rather than, because, I mean, we all do it. We all put the horse first. Um, and it's it's very rare that we actually think about ourselves, um, whether it's physically or mentally. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think people have just sort of shifted a lot more towards it, particularly, yeah, particularly in the last 12 months. Like, it's been a long time coming, I think, because I remember back in, <laughs> I say I remember, but I mean, to be fair, back in the early 2000s, um, it was pretty much unheard of for even top riders to have sports psychologists. Like, it was a yeah. new thing then. So, yeah. and like, well, it wasn't a new thing because it sort of came about really in the 80s. But no, I mean, it's comparing but... it to other sports where it's been sort of established, you know, since yeah, the late 80s absolutely. and early 90s. It is quite slow uptake, really, like you said. Yeah. Like you said it, I know it's, it's, it is quite a while, but it doesn't seem that long ago, does it? But really, in the grand scheme no. of things. <laughs> no, it really yeah. doesn't. <laughs> Showing our age. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too much there. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, the other side of what you do is a lot of sort of the equine body language and everything mm-hmm. like that and communication. Yes. Yeah. So um, I kind of part of the reason that I started my business was because I struggled with a horse who I couldn't like everyone struggled with him and I ended up with him. Um, and I looked at all of the various different um I guess areas or like things that could help him so you know like your natural horsemanship your Pirelli um, Mm -hmm. your classical horsemanship and I never found anything that really stuck Um, so I kind of started taking little bits from everything um, and using what I knew of learning theory which was I picked up from my degree um, to Mm -hmm. kind of sort of build something that takes bits from everything and then obviously as as I got more experience within the industry um, and saw a lot more behavioral issues and just sort of was out there doing more I I had more places to draw from um so it kind of developed over time because I couldn't find something that fit me so I was like okay well I can't be the only one dealing with this so here's some yeah (laughs) let's see if it helps anyone and how have you found that's been adopted because like I say I do again I think around a similar time you know I think everybody sort of followed Monty and a lot Mm -hmm. of people have been to the demonstrations and stuff like that and I know people that have taken bits from Pirelli or Clinton Anderson or like you said yeah. Kelly Marks and so forth and um, but they did along like I say with the mental health stuff there does seem to be like a divide almost between the traditionalists oh, and the people that will yeah. broaden and just look at other alternatives yeah I think there always will be to be honest um well I'm quite lucky in that 
I have a foot in both camps, if that makes sense. Um, but also, if people come to me or if people seek me out, they're kind of already pretty open-minded. Um, so it's yeah. like I'm not doing anything drastically new or or anything like that. It's just unique in the fact that it is super specific and super tailored to each horse because right. I can go into a situation and be like, okay, well, this worked on a horse that has this problem that's kind of similar, so we can take elements of that and then apply it here. Um Whereas I'm not sort of blinkered in the fact that, you know, a, a lot of, well, not trainers, but a lot of horse people can be. And it's very easy to sort of get into that corridor almost of, of being like, oh, that tunnel vision. Um, yeah. I've been like, okay, well, this is the way I've been taught to do it. So this is the way I must do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously you will inevitably hit a roadblock. So I find, I think horses, you have to be adaptable <laughs> to deal with them. Yeah. You've just got to have yeah. that adaptability. Otherwise you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> And how much of you would you say sort of your work is? Because I think it feeds in really nice. Obviously, you've got that aspect, but then you sort of do need your coach, sports psychologist hat on as well. I mm-hmm. almost think to sort of sometimes deal with the owner, and it's about changing the owner's mindset yeah, as well absolutely. as obviously working with the horse. <laughs> but you're very busy. Yeah, you're not just working with one; you're working with both. Yeah, um, a lot of the time, actually, it's. Um it's an owner like blockage or it's a client blockage rather than a horse blockage if we're talking mm-hmm. about behavioral sort of stuff um because we I mean I do it so it's not I'm not saying it's, it's something I don't do it's it's something that we all do we kind of get ourselves into or well yeah no into a mindset where we completely forget that a horse is a horse um and they're just doing what either they're told to do or you know what they are giving you is feedback from their environment um and I think a lot of the time it's opening people's eyes to that because we get into that mindset of just being like why is my horse doing this you know like why is he trying to show me up and it's like he's not trying to show you up um just give me feedback. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah he's responding to sort of you yeah. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> but once you if you put yeah. it the right way people are like oh my god so it's not me and I'm like I mean it kind of is but it, it also isn't <laughs> yeah so I think yeah. it's just getting people to take it less personally um not mm. like bad behavior less personally and it I mean it's frustrating there's emotions in any sport but I mean when you're in a sport where 50 percent of of the sport is an animal that can do whatever the hell it wants yeah it becomes yeah. a little bit more it's a big thing and I've heard that in the past as well from sort of trainers that I've worked with and I think I don't want to say women because I know not all women are the same, but I think I don't know as, as a woman, I know that I can be quite emotional. Mm-hmm. And like you say, like, te- you know, struggle to sort of leave that emotion yeah. aside from one thing to the next. And like you say, then you bring it to the horse and the horse, you know, doesn't necessarily understand that emotion yeah, that you're feeling, yeah, yeah. You know, especially if it's come from from somewhere else or even if it is. And it's very, I think I did some grain work with my horse and it was very much um, the ask and he was like, it was it was aggressive yeah. the way that I was asking yeah. and I didn't mean it to be aggressive yeah. but then almost the more frustrated I got the the, you know then yes it becomes yeah. it becomes like the, the 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 ask was becoming aggressive even though that was not my intention yeah. and I didn't want that to be the case but it had to be really pointed out to me and then as soon as it was I was like oh god and I felt that emotion it, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's very it's yeah it's not it's not easy but once you sort of get into it and your understanding increases it is yeah. god it helps you so much yeah. tenfold. i think one one of the key parts of my my job really is to teach people to leave things at the door um or mm-hmm. at the gate i guess um 
but if you can approach horses as like a almost like a, a meditation exercise um, which yeah. it very much is for me when I'm in the saddle like nothing else matters like everything is gone it's just that moment mm-hmm. um, but yeah. if you if you can approach it like that and you can every step that you work with a horse you can just have that focus or not even that focus but that that relaxation almost um it it does help no end um but i find um women although although more emotional but often a lot more empathetic um than men so it tends to be it's a bit of a double-edged sword so we can get really easily into that mindset and that relaxation and sort of like that almost that connection with the horse um, but at the same time, like you say, we are very much emotional creatures <laughs> by nature. So, yeah, no, it is, it is, and because uh, I've seen um, sometimes, I think, especially like male trainers will get a very, uh, will get a seemingly, especially on the surface, like a better response because mm-hmm. perhaps they're a bit more black and white yeah. in their ask. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, like you say, you know, we'll have the empathy and we'll think, and sometimes maybe overthink. Um, yeah. I think we humanize the horses quite a lot. Yes, absolutely. As well. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, there are some, some areas where uh, male trainers, male riders will struggle, same as the same as uh, women will. Um, particularly, I find this is a complete sidebar, actually. But, um, particularly, I find with like uh, a lot more sensitive horses um, or horses that need that, that almost nuanced response where you have yeah. to think, you know, if they're sometimes a horse's brain is going like at a million miles an hour and they're seeing all of these different directions and having a rider who's also like sort of seeing all of these different paths is not helpful um but Mm -hmm. for some horses you sometimes need to be like okay right quick change of direction rather than getting again getting that blinkered approach and I find a lot of men find it quite easy to sort of slip into you this is what we're doing this is how we're doing it um I find that quite often with fillies actually they respond a lot better to women well you've seen it haven't you like there'll be you know there's all the stories of like you know a top performance horse and you know it'll a man will have ridden it and they'll pass it on and it'll go to a woman and they'll have made it goes better for the woman or yeah yeah absolutely I mean by by all means I've had like quite a few clients actually who have been told I've got one in particular um who was told when her horse was back that he was only ever going to make a man's horse um and I think that was more of a strength thing because he's he's a big Irish sports so he's a big chunky lad um but I think if you can apply yourself and if you can come into a situation and be prepared to have a conversation because that's all we're doing when we're anytime we spend around horses we're having a conversation Mm -hmm. um if you can come into a situation like that then you'll be fine whether you're a, a man or a woman yeah yeah completely and what do what sort of frequent frequently asked questions? What are the, what would you say were sort of the common things that people come to you about? Um, I have some really good ones actually. So I did a poll a couple of weeks, be about a week ago now, um, on like sort of common behavioural issues, um, mm-hmm. because I, I mean I see very similar things. I see um, schooling issues and like rearing and that kind of thing quite often. So I thought you know I'll open it up to my followers that sounds quite big-headed I opened it up to all my followers and I thought I'd open it up to my audience um and see because there's there are so many sort of different areas that they see that I don't um I thought it might be quite interesting to see what they wanted um and I got some really really good ones so a couple of them are sort of like mounting issues and stuff like that um which I'll go into a little bit more in a bit um 
but napping and separation anxiety was another common one which is one that I see quite often um yeah. particularly because I work more with x-ray sources um but I mean my own horses have both of those things um spooking was another one um a really interesting one was mouthiness so this actually came from a friend of mine um who we were talking we had a really long conversation about it one of my horses does it as well one of her horses literally has a need to put everything in his mouth he, like it's the most annoying thing in the world because pumpkin does it one of mine um but like literally everything she can't have anything around him because he will just like a toddler just put it in his mouth and she's had all of his teeth and everything like that checked he's been scoped for ulcers I think he had ulcers at one point um but he's clear of them now um and I've had quite a few people come to me with that and I mean it's really it's really common behavior in colts um particularly yeah. younger ones like they just they need to chew things um it's just just what they do see it now don't you yeah everything that yeah they're moving on you yeah constantly yeah um yeah it's it's literally like it's a child (laughs) it's just how they explore their world really um so yeah that was quite that was quite an interesting one to think about and like obviously as horses get older um and both of our horses were gelded at an early age so it's not a common thing um from you know being a being gelded late so having that cultish behavior anyway um so yeah that's that's quite an interesting one that I'm actually looking into at the moment because I'm sure there'll be a reason behind it so I'm doing a little bit of research on that um oh you'll have to come back I will do because I was really interested in it because I kind of thought it was just a pumpkin thing because I'd never really seen it anywhere other than like I say in cults and stuff before um but yeah yeah and I mean, I <laughs> that horse has caused me so much panic with that mouthiness because I'm like, okay, let's get his teeth done every like week. <laughs> let's let's yeah. get everything, all of the vet routes. He's got something wrong with him. No, he just likes putting things in his mouth. You do sometimes wonder, don't you, whether it's sort of because you do say, don't you, like the chewing and the release of the saliva can mm-hmm. help them relax. Yeah. But then also, there's the, is it as the investigating? Are they figuring it out? Like, you know, are they very inquisitive? And it, I suppose some of it must do with the personality yeah, and stuff like absolutely. that as well. I yeah. mean, it is verging with some horses, obviously, where you're going more towards crib biting. Um, and that is sort of verging on your stereotype about it as a stereotypical behavior. Um, and then you've got. You've got the whole route of like, are they getting the right minerals and stuff because they're needing to chew things? Um, but yeah, it's I think it's a little bit like head shaking um, in that there's quite a lot of things that can cause it rather than any one yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about you touched on it before? What about um, sort of the causes of napping and things like that? Is it is that similar? Can you pinpoint that, or is it usually a trend, or what? What would the reasons for that be? Um, it depends very much on the horse um it's a it's a difficult one because a lot of things can cause it um you've got to bear in mind that horses are herd animals by nature so like their their base instinct is to be with others um and they don't particularly like to be alone because in the wild although horses have been domesticated for a long time now it's still they still effectively have a lizard brain i guess is the best way of putting it um but yeah in the wild if you're on your own then you're very vulnerable um and so it depends on the experience of the horse and I guess kind of not the personality but the temperament of the horse um but then if you take into consideration with ex-race horses most of their life they've never done anything on their own 
um, yeah. and depending how long they've been in racing for say they've been they've raced for like five or six years you come out of racing that being all they've ever known they've always been surrounded by horses they've literally done no part of their life on their own and then suddenly we're asking them to say hack out alone um, and go go away from a newly established herd if you've got another horse there or you know you're on a livery yard or something like that um to then go and be out out and about on their own it's it is kind of mind-boggling for them and some horses will just settle and be like okay yeah you know that's fine I can deal with this it's okay um and other others won't and so you have to really deal with that um and so it can't sometimes it's not always an easy thing and it's a thing that when you're in it can be very frustrating and it can be obviously it's quite dangerous sometimes um Mm. But it can be really heartbreaking almost because a lot of people will say that it's based on trust and whether or not a horse trusts you. And I mean, I've one of mine, well, the other one of mine, Jazz, naps so badly. And it's my fault he does it. It's a complete, <laughs> complete owner issue. Um, in that he, I when I moved to the yard before I'm on now, um, I left him in a field for two weeks to settle with Pumpkin. Um, and so they got pair bonded and now separating them is a bit fun. Um, right. But I forgot what I was saying. I completely lost my train of thought there. Okay. <laughs> um, we were, it was napping and weather. Yeah, but like you say, I do think it seems to come down to, like you say, knowing the horse's yeah. personality. Yeah, absolutely. Again, almost. Um, oh, I was yeah. talking about it being a trust issue. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it can be a trust issue, I think, but if your partnership is new to the horse but I think more than anything it's just kind of understanding that mindset um and what you're asking of them because it's a huge ask to ask a horse to to go and hack alone um or to go Mm. go anywhere and do anything alone is a massive ask I mean thinking about it going to a competition again um is a huge ask for a horse that's base instinct is to be with others and we're taking it some they they stay in herds almost family herds unless obviously they're cults and they go and make their own herd um but largely they will stay in a herd for their entire lives so we're taking them out of a comfortable situation and putting them in an uncomfortable scary one and that's when you start to get um these behaviors because they're trying to stay with what they know um and i think to be to be honest i think the best way of building out of that is repetition and consistency more than anything else, yeah. more than worrying about your bond with your horse, um, I would be focusing on doing, giving a consistent response um, and and really doing it as often as possible. So if you've got a horse that naps badly on a hack, I would be walking out in, out in hand on its own every day. Um, and I know that's not really viable yeah. for some people, but um, if you want to hack alone, sometimes it's something you've got to do. Um, mm-hmm. or even I found what works quite well can be to have a partner meet you somewhere um, because then you've not got so uh, someone else on a horse meet you somewhere or even you know someone on foot meet you somewhere um, yeah. because then you've got less of the issue of having to go away from someone so if you go hack out with them and then separate that's when you're going to start to have issues because again new environment and then separation it just it's a lot for them to take in um Mm. uh, you just and you have to build it up as well having someone on the ground is helpful um but again not always viable it's it's really dependent on the situation and what you can manage but if you're on your own um 
I would be focusing on walking out in hand every day instead of hacking, which is boring and not great, but it's it's the foundation of what you're going to have to do. Yes, unfortunately. No, like you say, and consistency, and I think that that's that's really good advice. Um, and we're wondering whether you'd be sort of interested in coming back on and perhaps oh, answering absolutely. some listeners' questions. Obviously, we appreciate you know it's very difficult to give <laughs> advice. Um, you know, without seeing people, but like I said, there, there were just a few great tips within that that you suggested I think you know to, to give people a few things to perhaps go away and try if they're having similar problems yeah I mean I I try to it's like you say it's impossible to really offer much advice without seeing the situation um mm-hmm. but I really try to kind of like put myself in their shoes and I've dealt with so many issues I can kind of be like okay well here's what we did here's what we can do here's what's yeah. definitely not going to work <laughs> yeah um yeah so no, hopefully there'll be much. at least one thing in there that someone out there finds kind of useful mm. how much do you feel that groundwork has an influence on rhythm work quite a lot um yeah. less less again for the bond i mean that's helpful but it's it's really useful to teach stuff on the ground because you can be a lot clearer with your aids um so if yeah. we're looking at stuff like uh if you're teaching half pass no not even half pass if you're teaching leg yielding or any like the basics of lateral work it's a really good place to start on the ground because you can very clearly see what your aids are achieving um and you can just start to build that foundation and like you can do it with anything so going right to the beginning um transitions so walk trot canter transitions you can establish a lot more balance from a trot to canter transition on the ground than you can uh, in the saddle and then you've also got whilst you're in the saddle the horse has got to worry about your balance and you've got to worry about your balance um so yeah. I, it's it's a good way of evaluating things as well um and I find it I find it very useful actually even with established horses to just go back to the basics um and just you know you can go over some really basic things on the ground particularly if you find yourself hitting a roadblock you can just sort of go back and look and then you've got a clearer view of it um, rather than being enmeshed in the situation particularly if you're getting an undesirable behavior like booking or something like that um yes you can be out of the situation and you're relatively safe out of the situation so you've not got the adrenaline pumping as much um makes it a little Mm. bit easier to correct yeah no some great advice there definitely because you also offer online i do you do coaching your virtual coaching confidence workshops and things yes. like that. Yes. Um, so I offer flat work coaching um, online, which um, there's various different ways you can do it. I tend to only offer it to partnerships I know because um, there's the worry of not having the quality of a film, uh, of a video shot. Um, but yeah. it is something that's it's available for new clients too if they've got that quality. Um, and I do it either through, they can send me videos on WhatsApp um, and then I evaluate them or they can send it to me on an app called OnForm, which is amazing. It's such a good app. Like I can do side by side comparison videos. I can do voiceovers. Um, I can even draw on the videos and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and then I offer mindset coaching and at the moment just standalone goal setting um, because I found that was the most almost most commonly thing, most commonly asked for thing. Um, or the thing that people were struggling with most um so I offer that one as a standalone service outside of the mindset package as well 
No, that's fantastic. And I noticed that you do, I presume, and obviously this is sort of once we're out of COVID, but you do confidence mm-hmm. once one workshops yes. as well. Yeah, I do. Um, and I do them, I do them over all of the, um, the oh, what's the word? Uh, no, come on, Shireen. <laughs> what's the word I want? Like, uh, I'm thinking gates. Gates isn't what I want. Disciplines. There we go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You can tell it's oh, honestly, it's been it. such a long but short week for me. My brain's just like, I can't cope right now. Happens to the best of us. But yeah, of a different Yeah, yeah. So I offer the confidence coaching over all three disciplines, all three English disciplines anyway. Um and it's it's literally just a one to one workshop. I will be offering um some like intro to dressage clinics and stuff. Um, but I find them really really handy i i do it less for dressage um and more for sort of show jumping and cross country purely because that's where it's most requested um like the the option yeah. is there particularly if you want to work on ring craft for for dressage and like competitions and stuff um but there's a lot there are a lot more confidence issues that come up when you start to introduce jumps um and particularly when they're solid jumps out in the cross country course um, yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, I've always admired Amy, who co-hosts with me as a rider, but she would say herself, I think she only started jumping a few years ago, yet she's ridden for years and years, and I always see her as quite a confident yeah. rider, and she'll still say to me today, Sam, no, when I started jumping, I was yeah. so nervous, and, you know, it's still something that she works on now. So Yeah, yeah I think it's the thing that a lot of riders work on. Um, no matter how confident people look, we are always like swans paddling away under the surface because confidence yeah. is confidence yeah. is like a muscle you have to train it to keep it definitely that's that's a really good sentiment so if anybody wants to find mm-hmm. out more um about yourself and project equine how do they, um, do they so? can find me on my website which is www.projectequine.co.uk um i'm on facebook as well just search project equine or you can put it into the browser tab as forward slash project techline one and i'm on instagram as at project techline so basically just type project techline into anything and you should find me <laughs> that's brilliant that's brilliant thank you so that's much right. thank you for having me. Been, we'll be talking you too and like i said hopefully if anybody if anybody of our listeners have sort of got any questions oh, do feel free i'm sure if you contact direct she'd be more than happy to mm-hmm. answer but we'd also you know be, be glad to have you back on the show yeah, anytime absolutely. you know if there's anything that you want to come and tell us about thank you very much for having me no thank you thank you a big thank you to shireen for coming on the show and keeping up with our mindset theme and giving things a try we're back after this short break with cheryl who's one of our brilliant brand ambassadors she's telling us all how about she got into dressage and how everybody no matter what your level should give it a try Hi, this is Katie, the founder of the Equestrian Business Awards. Our nominations are open until the 1st of April 2021. If you know a farrier, riding school, riding instructor, equine therapist, horse transporter, all lots of different categories that we have on our website, then you can nominate them at www.equestrianbusinessawards.co.uk forward slash enter. So 
today we're chatting to Cheryl, who's one of our lovely brand ambassadors. Now, I must say, I've been stalking for Cheryl for a little while on Instagram, and I've been following your story, Cheryl, since like you did the first initial review for the podcast. And oh, I've, thank you. No, I have, and I've been seeing what you've been doing with Floyd, and I've seen you progressing up and starting, you know, getting into dressage. So you volunteered, Cheryl's volunteered to come on and to have a little chat to us today because she's grassroots and, and we'll, she'll tell you a little bit about her horse and background and stuff like that. But no, I think it's just a really interesting take on it. Obviously, we have the brilliant tips that come through from the dressage coach that we have on every show, every fortnight. And, and like we keep saying in regards to that, whilst it is the dressage coach, I think dressage is everyday riding as well, isn't it? We're all doing dressage sort of every time we ride our horses to some degree. So yeah, I will let you sort of take over. Cheryl, tell us about Floyd and sort of how, how you got into it and what made you start out. Yeah, definitely. So obviously we say grassroots, we're like soil roots. <laughs> we literally are like on the ground roots. Um, so yeah, Floyd is in, like, he's coming up to 12 now, but I've had him since he was 21 months. Wow. Um, he's been a little bit of a handful. I've had quite a lot of help with him and stuff. He's a well section um, so, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he's quite, he's quite big and... Um, so yeah, I kind of I backed him late and, you know, did a few bits of him different things. And then probably about three years ago, three, four years ago, I hated school and like I'd hack him. Um, and I literally just had no time for school and just wasn't interested. Um, but a few people off our yard were going to a dressage and it was, um, just down the road, really nice venue, um, unaffiliated intro and, you know, kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll go along and they kindly agreed to take us and stuff. Yeah. So I, uh, I remember practicing for it and being like literally like did it once and it, it was just didn't have a clue what I was doing and I was like oh god you know it's going to be really out of control and what's he going to behave like and yeah. I'd only ever took inside some in hand shows so we turned up and it was I think like February it's the middle of winter it was dead cold um, and I was like halfway through my test and I just had this like I'm not I won't say I'm a nervous rider in terms of falling off but I'm mm. quite self-critical yeah, and that really comes through. So I got like halfway through it, and I was just like, I can't, I can't ride him in front of people. Like I just oh. cannot carry on. So I retired, and the judge came out of a car. She was like, No, 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 what are you doing? Like, you know, carry on. I was like, No, no, it's so bad, it's so bad. Like, I, I just oh. can't, I can't. Anyway, she gave me like you know the half sheet or whatever, and, and it it was fine. It, it was good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so obviously from that, I left it a while, and then just kind of. That summer, started doing like a little bit more with him and like loads of different things. But you know, also the dressage, like some like unaffiliated little one day events and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's where we where we started. No, it's 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 really good. It's I've done a little bit. I've done the intros myself, and I completely yeah. get what I, I had a caller actually. Amy was shouting out for me. Oh yeah, I still yeah. had a mind blank. It's like yeah. riding in front of other people and knowing that you're being judged. It's like it yeah. takes me out of focusing on riding the horse, and I'm so worried about externally what's going on that literally my mind. I had to have an EFT session actually to slap, so like try and sort my headspace out a little bit. So honestly, you've got my utmost sympathy yeah. for that. I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, what it's like it's awful. I was just like, I literally cannot carry on, and then. Like, he didn't load to come home, and, like, we had to walk home in the dark, and, you know, somebody had to walk home with us. It was just a disaster of a day. It was, like, the worst it introduction. It all a very stressful experience. It was, yeah. It? it was, yeah. 
yeah yeah so but you've carried on haven't you you've persevered with it i keep saying you, you're doing you, you're doing good now we, we we do we you know we have we have fallen a bit hot and cold with it i've had periods where i've not worked in as much like i've been working or you know whatever i'm doing and stuff so you know like yeah um but the last probably i don't know 12 months we had quite a few problems with cancer actually so um when we started to go into prelim like unaffiliated prelim we'd mm. consistently be getting the wrong lead and obviously that would just you know be the same yeah. problem popping up so that's quite demoralizing so again that I sort of backed away from it for a little while because I was like oh you know just just can't seem to quite get this lead and you know mm-hmm. just it's it's an ongoing problem um and then probably about 12 months ago I was like no like we're gonna crack this so I started um we had some help off our yard owner and a daughter and they've really helped us this last 12 months um and we got the canter we got the correct lead and then you know we still have still cancer's a bit hit and miss sometimes but Texas, I didn't even know what there was for a very long time I didn't, it, it took me about six months to be able to realise, you know, if I'm striking off on cancer, like, am I on the right leg? It took me forever. I didn't realise it was a thing. <laughs> How awful is that? No, I've gone round happily on the wrong leg and then been like, oh, so like, I think Floyd, like, counter counters better than normal cancer. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit hit and miss. But, it, you know, it just, it just kept holding us back again. It went back to, like, like, lack of confidence of, oh, no, like, you know, like, turn up at, like, a nice venue or whatever and everyone else would be, like, you know, cantering and all nice and we'd be, like, going off on the wrong lead and we go, oh, you know. So it, it just that thing of like, I think I always think that people yes. are watching me and, you know, being aware, but actually probably everyone's just concentrating on their own horse and their own test and stuff. But, you know, I, I have found that for a while. But yeah, we, we, we chipped away and stuff um, and, you know, kind of crap the canter that then obviously helped with the prelim and then towards like the back end of summer mm-hmm. um we decided we'd try novice <laughs> um so unaffiliated it again it's at least every single test you've got something to take away and you can look at it and you can go through it and you can see how you've improved it's a nice marker isn't it yeah like we oh we've had like twos for canter like in one test like he was so <laughs> giddy um, on his way in, like he nearly wiped out oh. one of like the fellow competitors. Then his back end left the arena. Yeah. He didn't like the judge's car. Like honestly, we've we've had some really bad ones. We've had some good ones as well and stuff. You know, a bit like you know, like fell well pony sometimes. We turn up and we're a bit like, oh god. Um, but by October, you know, obviously, like I say, we'd, we'd had a lot of help and stuff. And um, one of my friends, I sort of said, oh, you know, like, I kind of in the back of my mind being thinking, yeah, I'd just like to affiliate him. No expectation about, like, doing well in it, but I just wanted to try it. And she was like, oh, you'll be fine, you know, you, you, you'll be all right. And I was like, oh, will I, will I not? Anyway, and I, like, plucked up the courage and affiliated yeah, him. Like, the British dress yeah. just various levels of membership. It took me ages to get my head around. And my poor friend, I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. How do you get these points? What do I have to do? But I just did it on the club membership. Um, yeah. So that kind of allows you a certain level yeah. of access, but obviously it's a bit cheaper. And I thought I could try it and just see if I liked it. We did have a lot of help and, and he is really good. But I think, you know, when I said to you about sort of talking and stuff was to kind of say, you know, like, don't ever be put off. Like, you should try. Yeah. And sometimes I look back and I think, you know what? I wish I'd had a bit of that self-confidence a little bit earlier and got to this point a bit quicker. Not that you know I'm just a hobby rider or whatever it's just for fun but that like you know it's quite easy I think around horses to think other people looking at you and you know sometimes it it can feel a bit oh you're a bit out of place or whatever but you know ultimately you if you're enjoying it you should try it and I guess outside of dressage you know I've done some other things with him and stuff but that applies to any discipline or you know whatever whatever you want to do so at the end of the day no I think that's an absolutely 
amazing message to send yeah definitely definitely Definitely. yeah yeah you can only control like your circle can't you you know your your way of doing things and I think if you've got a goal and you aspire to do something (laughs) you know as I say we started off with the retiring halfway through because I was like we're so bad um you know and and I never would have believed that we would have even been able to to try you know so I think it's it's important just have a bit of confidence and what's the worst that can happen so we were let's say lucky enough to qualify for the pet plans um they were meant to be I think next month um so kind of obviously around covid and all the horrors that's going on with that but I think what we'd like to try and do this year is um, we were doing novice unaffiliated last year maybe try and get a novice affiliated um, and maybe towards the end of the year, hopefully try an elementary unaffiliated. I'm quite, you know, quite self-critical, quite risk adverse and all those things like naturally yes. and stuff. And I think maybe like this year particularly has kind of shown, you know, you get one life and you, you, you don't want regrets, do you? So whatever that is, you know, if it's within your means to do it and you, you've got the chance, then you should go for it. Like such a good message to be sending. To so if anybody's <laughs> interested in having a go, you can get involved and obviously look at British Dressage but I'm sure Cheryl herself wouldn't mind sort of giving any handy hints or tips you can head over to Instagram and check out her profile which is Floyd underscore and underscore Vincent you can take a look at all her photos and her two gorgeous ponies and of course don't forget to also check out British Dressage and if you're looking for any online training or coaching the Dressage Coach has got you covered there as well Training Tips with the dressagecoach.com Hi guys, Maddie from The Dressage Coach here bringing you more top tips. So today we're going to talk about the halt. Uh, let's face it, you have to do at least one of them in every dressage test you do. Um, and once you've got to novice, uh, you're going to be definitely doing at least two. Um, so they're the easiest thing to get right, but also the easiest thing to get wrong. So um, why don't we have a look at top tips on these? So... Firstly, the halt needs to be square. So in other in other words, the forelegs need to be in line and the hind legs need to be in line and you need to have them almost like in, a, in an oblong box. Uh, the halt should be ridden from the seat. So you should be riding it from your seat and legs, not from your hands. Otherwise, we get that very abrupt kind of almost handbrake stop uh, and we don't want that we want a nice smooth forward transition to halt where the horse steps under and into a nice square halt uh, remember that the quality of the halt will have a direct effect on the next movement so if we're unbalanced in the halt uh, we're not going to be great coming out of it um, so remember it's really important there to get that right to make sure that your next movement can be at the best it can be uh, the halt can be one of the first things the judge sees and it's certainly the last thing they see. So um, this is why it's really important to get this right because, again, this is leaving a lasting impression with them. Um, it's going to set the tone at the beginning halt. It's going to set the tone for the test and it's also going to uh, be the last thing they see before they go off and do those all-important collectives. So let's leave them with an impression they're impressed with, okay? Um, the biggest I suppose sin in a halt is that the horse steps back. That's an absolute no-no, guys. Uh, Judges 
don't mind so much if a horse steps forward, but stepping back, that's really going to hammer you marks wise. So when we're training our horses at home, try and make sure your horse never steps back. Um, we don't want them to move at all, but if they're going to, forward is better than backwards. Uh, while we're in the hall, the horse's attention should remain with you in the hall. It shouldn't then be just looking around or looking up to the side or bunging its head straight up in the air. It needs to remain with you because actually it's still technically a movement. So the submission mark um, can be affected by the horse not uh, being with you in the halt. Uh, your halt needs to be established for as long as you require. So remember that it's halt, immobility and salute. Never do a very brief halt without really any proper standing still. Um, that's not going to get you good marks, guys. Make sure that you can stand your horse and he will stand there for as long as you ask. That's really important. And again, something to really work on at home in training. Um. The horse in the hall should remain relaxed and on the bit. Um, so it should it should have stepped nicely in so it can stay up over its back and through its neck. Um, that's why we want this nice forward transition to the hall so that it can be in the best possible place. Um, but make sure that your horse is remaining relaxed. Again, something really important to work on at home. And remember, when you do your hall, you want to smile and look confident as though it's all happened exactly as it should have even if the horse has gone a little rogue and a leg has moved or anything doesn't matter now's not the time to try and fix it now's not the time to try and school your horse just accept it if it's gone wrong it's gone wrong never mind you can train at home we can make it better for next time i hope those tips have helped guys um as per usual if there is anything on there uh, that you would like to know more about, you can get in contact with me at the Dressage Coach or um, you can send a message to the guys at the Horse Feed. Um, and if there is any topics you would like covering on this tips uh, section we do, please either drop me a, a message or get in touch with Sam at the Horse Feed. Looking forward to seeing you soon, guys. Bye. Join the Dressage Coach Hub today and become a member of our exclusive community just for riders. Only at the dressagecoach.com. A big thank you to Maddie from the Dressage Coach for another amazing top tip, and a huge thank you to all our guests, Brand Ambassador Cheryl and Shireen from Project Equine, and obviously everybody else that's ever been on the show. This past year has been amazing and we've loved hearing from you all and it's kept us sane throughout this lockdown period. We're going to be back next month hearing all about Side Saddle. We cannot wait. Keep an eye out on Instagram for questions and suggestions for questions that we want to put forward to the Side Saddle instructor. Again, thank you very much for listening over the past 12 months. We really appreciate your support. Don't forget to check us out online over at thehorsefeeduk.co.uk and add us on Instagram at thehorsefeeduk. Until next time, take care and happy riding. Hello, baby. This episode of the Horse Feed UK podcast was produced by me, your host, Sam with a big thank you to Amy Bolin for co-hosting the intro segment. Our current cover star is Steel Blue Native. 
A great way to support our show right now is to head over to the website, thehorsefeeduk.co.uk, check out our merchandise and enter one of our brilliant photo competitions. <laughs> <laughs>